0: Hello again, and welcome back to English Link. Mark here with Steve again. Hello there. Uh, today, Steve has a number of topics that uh, you know. he's called from the uh, news
1: files. Well, exactly. You know, I was thinking about the world we live in, and right now, of course, everyone's talking about the crisis. And people feel that they have to get a report every hour of something that relates to the crisis. and one report uh, has things improving, and one right. thing has things getting worse, and, uh, and uh, people get, you know, pepped up, and, and, and then they get depressed, and we don't need all this information. We got too much information, and I particularly dislike the short bullets of information, and Twitter, and, and Facebook, and who's brushing their teeth, and who's drinking coffee. I, I'm just not into that. I like to sit down with my book, put on my classical music, and read in peace for two hours. I think you're uh, mixing
0: together a few uh, <laughs> <laughs> different uh, themes there. I uh, thought it would stir up I don't pot. see where uh, news necessarily r- relates to Twitter other than... I mean, most of what happens on Twitter uh, are, are individual people's comments on uh, what they're doing, what uh, they saw, what they read, as opposed to receiving actual news updates. Like relating to the crisis. For instance, the, the, the financial crisis, I don't think it's Twitter that's uh, affecting it
1: or No, or many but what I, I realize is not causing it. But what I'm saying is every time you turn on the news, like I don't watch the news on TV, TV anymore, mm-hmm. but you would essentially see similar little blips of information about the crisis at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, slightly changing each time with no significant information. And the average person doesn't need to have a report every hour on what's happening with regard to the crisis. There's well, nothing he or she. Can I do don't
0: it. think that many people are sitting there in front of their TVs waiting for the next update on the financial crisis. I mean, I think your point about um, all this news coverage, obviously having an effect. I think, yeah, I agree with. For instance. Uh, well a- anywhere from you know all the massive uh, we got to get the, whatever with the G20 met and 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 have come out with massive uh, new funding and programs and 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 so on which to my mind i mean if it's supposed to make people feel confident i think it has the reverse effect because what it says is there's a huge problem and these people are s- Clutching at straws and, and opening up their pocketbooks, trying to somehow turn the tide. It doesn't really give a feeling of, uh, of uh, comfort at all, I don't find.
1: No, but it did have the effect of uh, at least causing short term, uh, you know, a rise on the stock market. Mm hmm. Uh, but I, I agree with you that, uh, A, the kinds of people there, you wouldn't trust them very far anyway. Mm-hmm. Most politicians are not very much trusted in their own country, and you right. get a whole bunch of them together, all trying to protect their own interests to the extent that they understand it. right it doesn't, It's not a great formula. But wh- one thing, too, on the crisis, just kind of wandering a bit. One of the things about the crisis, if you listen to uh, programs, like I'm learning Portuguese now, so I was listening to a Brazilian radio program, that uh, is loaded up in Link, right? And I mm-hmm. download it and listen to it. One thing that annoys me about it, by the way, is every 30 seconds they come in with some music, right. which I don't like. Uh, I like to just listen to talk. If I'm listening to talk, if I want music, I'll go to music. Anyway, right. there you have the perspective of of Brazil, which is a what they call a brick country. Mm-hmm. Brazil, Russia, India, and China. They're sort of not... Not in the lower echelon, but they're that next level of country that's moving from being considered uh, not a developed country to being, in fact, largely a developed country. Uh-huh. Russia kind of falls in between because of their history. And, of course, there in those countries and probably in China and India and, and elsewhere in the world, they would like to blame the West uh-huh. or Japan, and like the industrialized world, uh-huh. for global warming right. or for the crisis. Like the uh-huh. crisis is the Americans' fault. Right. Or global warming is the developed world's fault. And to some extent, it's true. Right. Because the banking system in North Amer- in the United States, Canada, is different. And in some parts of Europe is very creative, and, and it, it has been part of creating the economic growth that we've seen. Right. And uh, the propensity of Americans to consume has created tremendous demand in the world. Right and uh, the uh, you know uh, gas house emissions by the developed world are far far greater than certainly on a per capita basis than in the underdeveloped world greenhouse emissions greenhouse yeah right but that's if you m- well, by the forget
0: that argument that greenhouse gas emissions yeah. do cause global warming yeah. or that there in fact even is global warming but they'll save okay. that for another we'll
1: save that for another <laughs> another time but let's take the case let's assume that that is true right okay I agree with you there's lots of evidence that in fact there's very little relationship and that there's all mm-hmm. kinds of other factors at play but let's assume in the worst case let's assume that we are all being bad by driving cars flying on airplanes, and drinking uh, water out of plastic bottles. Heating our houses. Heating our houses, or not having efficient houses. Now, there's nothing wrong with, with, re- with being less reliant on non-renewable energy. I agree with that. Right. However, the point is that the worst-case scenario for global warming, to the extent that they can predict it, which isn't very reliable, mm-hmm. uh, means that uh, various low-lying parts of the planet might get flooded. Right. We might get back to where we were in the year 1565 or something right. when it was 10 degrees warmer, right. whatever. So some people won't be able to live. I mean, Bangladesh would be seriously affected right. and there are other places that would be seriously affected. Conversely, That's bad. I uh, Let guess me just finish the, what I was uh, going to say. So, yeah. But in all those countries, I mean, in India, in India, or uh, 100 years ago, life expectancy was 30 years and today it's 70. Mm-hmm. And in China today... Hundreds of millions of people have a much higher standard of living than even the previous generation. Mm -hmm. All of that was caused by the bad industrialized world. Right. All. So that hundreds of millions of people are alive today that would not be alive if it weren't for the creative banking and the industrialized and wastefulness and the consumer society and all those bad things. And, of course, the medicine Well, that's right. No, but that's all part of it. You can't have one with the other. So that society, because of the money that's generated through big, bad consumerism and all this other evil stuff... Big, bad pharmaceutical companies. Big, bad pharmaceutical (laughs) companies and all this evil stuff has led to a situation where China... Now, you might say China was maybe happier with only 200 million people and India was maybe happy (laughs) with only 200 million people, but the other billion people are much happier for having had a chance to be alive. Right. So I think there's a tremendous sort of uh, contradiction there.
0: Well, that's right. And you always hear people talk about it. And this, uh, Someone was saying this even quite recently. Oh, yeah, someone who had had acupuncture and it had really helped their back. And I'm saying, you know, that uh, in this case, the Chinese traditional medicine, I mean, they've got it figured out. It's just so wonderful. And, uh, and I pointed out that, well, yeah... It, it, acupuncture it it does work and and for many many things and uh, I've had it it, um, work for me it it, uh, more than anything else I think it relaxes your muscles and and muscle tightness can cause discomfort but uh, to suggest that the Chinese medicine as a whole is uh, uh, better than what we have now uh, or western medicine is, is obviously silly because their life expectancy when they relied on Chinese medicine was uh less than half what it is now. So uh, I pointed Not that out <laughs> to him. And I
1: think he kind of, yeah, hey, maybe you're right. <laughs> well, now, of course, there are many other reasons, including... But, you know, primarily, Ch- even China, who had a very poor, low standard of living up until very recently. Mm-hmm. But their life expectancy increased with the introduction of Western medicine. Mm-hmm. And there are... All, when I was learning Chinese, I mean, there are stories by Lu Sun, who is the was the icon, you know, of Chinese literature... And stories where he was very bitter about Chinese medicine and how they, you know, money was wasted on uh, buying, you know, the liver from a, a duck that had been, you know, rolled over in mud or whatever that right. they did, you know, <laughs> the extract or whatever. I mean, undoubtedly, in all these folk medicines, there are different herbal uh, mixtures that have that are beneficial. Right. You, you can't after thousands and thousands of years, right. starting back in the. Caveman era. Right. Human beings have been experimenting, and it's not just in China. It's in every society, For whether sure. it be Latin America prior to the Spanish coming over. I mean, in the Middle Ages, they had more of these folk medicines than we have now. Sure, it had some effect. I'm sure they, they, they discovered some things that worked. They discovered other
0: things that they thought worked, but which were actually had no relation to an improvement in a, in someone's condition. But then. Because everyone believed it to be so, it spread, and I mean the same thing uh, occurred. Uh, you've you've talked about how uh, uh, scurvy was a big problem for, for right. uh, uh, in the age of exploration for for the long sea voyages during the long sea voyages, and um, they had known that it was a, a, a vitamin C deficiency uh, way back when, and had to realize that fresh fruit would uh, would solve the problem, but then at some point. That fell out of favor, and uh, the treatment went back to drying blood or whatever it was, burning (laughs) leeches, I can't remember. So then for the next 100 years, even though they already had discovered the true um, remedy... They, they went back to uh, using leeches and sucking blood and, and whatever, and, right. and consequently scurvy was a problem for another hundred years before they rediscovered
1: lime juice. Uh, you know, and it's amazing that, uh, you know, in Chinese medicine or in other folk medicines, they resent the idea that there should be tests. With uh, placebo <laughs> right uh, to make sure that in fact it's the medicine and not the men, you know the, the, yeah. the psychological factor that's caused because we know that psychosomatically like if you believe something's gonna help you it's gonna help you right in many cases and so that the fact that Western medicine has to go through this very rigorous testing over leng- lengthy periods of time mm-hmm. whereas folk medicine doesn't <laughs> right and, and they resent the suggestion that it should be. Right. You know and and furthermore, you know all these chinese uh, uh, medical practitioners have the time we don 't know what they're putting in their potions. you know one fellow might use a certain mixture and depending on the mood of the moment, somebody else so that 's not to say that those things don't have their place, but the sort of uh, as you say, the sort of systematic sort of anti established you know right. western medicine must be bad, and there are things in western medicine. i think Western medicine has been too intrusive you know I think there's a tendency to over operate over operate over vaccinate over vaccinate i mean it's not there are definitely things that can be learned and the idea that and they always say well you know chinese medicine is more holistic or these other med they deal with your overall personality and stuff well western medicine any sensible doctor is going to say what do you eat right. are you active you know if 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 uh, there's a sort of tension in the family or there's problems and that's going to cause health problems too yeah i mean
0: but. i mean i don't think you can find a perfect uh, no doctors are perfect, no system's perfect, but the average life expectancy, the, the health, the ability to fix serious medical problems that uh, would not have been fixable years right. past, I mean, that's obviously major advancements that have been brought about by um, mm-hmm. Western medicine. And right. uh,
1: But it is interesting to think that uh, certainly uh, there's nothing unique about the West that if you had looked at the world a thousand years ago, then, uh, you know, medicine as practiced in the Islamic world or the Arabic world or India or China mm-hmm. was more advanced. Right. They were technologically more advanced. And then their series of circumstances and also borrowing from some of those traditions led to the development of of you know medical science in the West, so why wouldn't people learn from that? It might be that the next hundred years sees uh, China or India or, mm-hmm. or you know somewhere else as a leader. I mean, I mean, fundamentally, the freedom to uh, whether it's economic
0: freedom or political freedom or uh, the freedom to develop medicine or or, or solutions uh, causes advancement. You
1: it's know a- that reminds me of something we should always be willing to learn from anyone who has something useful and intelligent to say. And So I'm reminded of yesterday, you and I were trying to lift a very heavy television. Right. And we had these things that strap onto our arms because it's very difficult to grab the television. You can't grab a hold of it and Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, however, 160 pounds, like 80 kilograms. So we've got these arm straps and we're holding it and we can't lift it up. And so Kyle, your soon-to-be 10-year-old son... Well, we could
0: lift it, but we couldn't get it high enough. We we Can only
1: lift it as high as... In other words, because we couldn't get our hands underneath it with the straps. So Kyle, 10 years old tomorrow, or the day after tomorrow, says, well, why don't you each get a little higher thing that you could step on? (laughs) So then you just step back onto this higher thing and lift it up. I mean, 10 years old. We would never have thought of
0: that. No. Yeah, that's true. So,
1: you know... That's, of course, because he's much more intelligent than we are. <laughs> That's right. But no, I mean, one has to be willing to look at anything that uh, that works.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Uh, what else did you have in your
0: bag of tricks?
1: Well, I always have things to talk about. Uh, you know, uh, one thing we could talk about is this... Uh, there is the anti-racism conference in Geneva. Right. And, of course, anti-racism is, is, is a subject that... that uh, you know, it's one of these things, I mean, yeah, in principle, we're all against racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, racism exists everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, dogs are racist. <laughs> right. Wolves are racist, yeah. you know. It's us against them. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. And so anti-racism has more become a matter of beating up on some other group. Right. And so now the anti-racism conference in Geneva has become an opportunity to beat up on Israel. Right. Period. End of story. Right. Now the fact that uh, yeah there's been a lot of there's a war going on there right and uh, there are a lot of refugees who left what was then Palestine 50 years ago uh, some of whom live in the Gaza Strip uh, does anyone know that there were 300,000 Georgians kicked out of Abkhazia in the 1990s that still live in Georgia does anyone care that there were another 50 60,000 kicked out of southern Ossetia that are all mm-hmm. living in You know, rented accommodations in Georgia How many people left Nagorno-Karabakh When the Azerbaijanis were fighting The Armenians? How many people were killed in that war? Right. Lots. Mm -hmm. How many people Were killed in Chechnya, Mm -hmm. which is A very tiny little place You know, like 100,000, 200,000 And yet, all of a sudden The the world campaign To fight racism is sort of Concentrated on this United Nations Conference, and Mm -hmm. I have trouble pronouncing his name. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, Jad or something. Yeah, is there. Now, yeah, there's a struggle going on. One group doesn't like the other group. But for the United Nations Conference on Anti-Racism to be, become a, a sort of a pedestal for basically denying the right to exist of mm-hmm. a country right it, to me is, is is an indication of just how far down the United Nations has come I think it's I lost agree. a lot of its I credibility. Mean, I haven't
0: had respect for the United Nations for a long time, as far as I can remember but it's just getting worse and worse and uh, it's basically a, a, a pulpit for, for bashing the West mm-hmm. and Israel's perceived as an extension of the West um, oppressing the downtrodden again and so that's just the, the, the favored cause of the left wing and the uh, downtrodden is, is uh, that Israel is now in the wrong mm-hmm. and I'm not saying who's right or wrong but <laughs> it's certainly not obvious to me that Israel's in the wrong um, and and. It, what's more, as you point out, for the United Nations to be sponsoring this thing is really wrong like- well,
1: particularly since Israel I mean, I can understand the Arab position that the uh, Israelis the uh, Euro- largely European Jews arrived mm-hmm. there with their uh, European technology and basically right. uh, helped themselves to uh, this land right and I, even though I'm of Jewish background I don't believe that the fact that uh, the Jews lived there 2,000 years ago uh, really justifies them uh, taking the land away from the people who are living there but lots of stuff has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all kinds of places over the last one hundred, two hundred, three hundred years where people have moved in, and and, and, uh, and, and besides which, and the United Nations recognized Israel. Right.
0: So I mean, and and what's more, that's what people have done since time immemorial. Is right. one group moves in, kicks out another. There's no right or wrong. They're there now. Right. So if you think you can. Kick them out, kick them out. But it's not up to the United Nations. They're there. They're defending themselves. The people around them, they're perfectly within their rights to try and take it back. Obviously, from the perspective of world peace, we would prefer that everyone learns to get along and and that they can accept new borders and, and, and uh, let bygones be bygones. I don't think it benefits anyone to, to continue to to have that situation fester.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, if we were able to get past that stage, because mm-hmm. there are all kinds of people who have moved into other areas, mm-hmm. and and there have been, I mean, Genghis Khan used to have mountains of skulls or something after he devastated some country, right. and uh, and then there's lots. I mean, in yeah. Canada, for example, I mean, in Canada, the, the French were defeated by by the English, and so on and so on. Yeah, but and then of course the natives and the natives, natives there you Certainly goal.
0: would feel like, well,
1: we it's our land, and, 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 and they feel and, uh, that way. Sure, but sure. the fact
0: is. Our, and it wasn't my ancestors, right. but the the original Canadian uh, people right. who came to Canada uh, from Europe right. were. Yeah. more advanced and took the land and that's, that's... what people have always done I mean the, the Norman conquest
1: of, of, of England the Anglo-Saxons exactly are... however how far back the... are you going to go to redress uh but what strikes wrongs. me and of course uh, the, the, the former Soviet Union is a tremendous example mm-hmm. of peoples having been moved around at the whim of Stalin and right. now they're kind of trying to settle their scores mm-hmm. but in all of this there is no question in my mind that there is tremendous opportunity for people to let bygones be bygones right and to figure out a way of living together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if Israel, Palestine, Lebanon, Syria, if that part of the world, and particularly with all the oil money that's there, if the Middle East decided that they were all going to pull in the same direction, mm-hmm. that could be of an amazing uh, center of, of economic uh, power For development sure. influence, which would rival now, you know, we talk about the Far East and China, Japan, Korea, we talk about India, but the Middle East, if they ever decided to... To work together mm-hmm. would be unreal,
0: mm-hmm. for sure. Well, with that, we should probably solve most uh, of the world's I think problems. Solve the world's problems. Sh- we should mention that uh, that racism, anti-racism conference. Canada did not send a delegation, and they were I the first. Very much respect, and, and they were the, the first. first
1: to say we're not going.
0: Exactly. Good. Uh, anyway, we'll right. uh, we'll leave you with that, and we'll k- talk to you again next time. Bye for now.